0: Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com.
1: That's right, it's the Sports Spectacular. We hope you're having a a great holiday weekend. Larry Smith, Mike Kegley, Brad Sturdy. Uh, Patrick Quinn working audio for us. Uh, you know, last year at this time, we took the weekend off to give our crew some time off. Uh, All contraire, Montfrayer. We can't do that now because we got too much to talk about. Illinois Bowl is uh, next week, of course, January 2nd. We don't even have time for that right now here in this uh, first part of our show because we have so many other things uh, happening. Guys, let's start with uh, the man at the top of Illinois football, Brett Bielema, with the massive contract extension. Um, Gets him state he stays here through, I believe, uh, 2028, 20, but also some possible years added on top of that. And that annual salary goes up to six million bucks and change. Uh, that's what winning does,
2: yeah, it does. I mean, you know, he's almost up to Illini, you know, Illini guy sports spectacular salary <laughs> level, so he, he's getting close. Um, so <laughs> you know, so I, I got to commend him that hard work is paying off, but he's uh, yeah, I mean, Coach B, you know, great season, eight and four. I, I think that's what you have to do, you have to show confidence in your leader. Uh, keep him around helps for recruiting, um, and and obviously I I don't know that you're gonna get many guys who are gonna do a better job. But he just really is a Big Ten head coach, Big Ten head football coach. I mean, he just he really fits the mold. He's he's everything the way they play. And uh, yeah, I mean it's just it's a great uh, it's it's really a great fit, and it's a good fit for him. It's a good fit for Illinois.
3: Yeah, I'm famous for being wrong on stuff often. At least that's what my wife says. And I was not excited when Coach B was hired. And I don't know that I've ever done a bigger 180 on a coach as I have with him. And I think um, the organizational skills and leadership and planning that he brings to the table um, are a big part of why this team did well this year, why they're ahead of schedule on the rebuild, and why this Illini program will be strong in the future. Great move by Josh Whitman keep and do everything we can to keep a good coach feel wanted
1: yeah and we should say too that this deal is not done yet so it's to go uh by the board of trustees but we feel like really it's pretty much a you know rubber stamp uh at, at that point um but you know we joked when he was hired that if Bilama. Uh gets back to back eight win seasons. Uh, they might build a statue. Well, he's already halfway there, eight and four this year, and going to a bowl game. Um, a lot of big uh news as well. National signing day. Uh last Wednesday, the big hall. We'll talk to Matt Stevens of Alanai guys and get his analysis on that. Uh, defensive coordinator defensive coordinator now is Aaron Henry replacing um Ryan Walters. And um, you know, we'll be talking a lot about that in the weeks and months to come as well as I get ready for the 2023 season. And uh, we'll check in with Matt as well on that. Uh, Thursday night, the Bragging Rights game. and It's Missouri bragging um, in a big way. Uh, this was a 93-71 score. Felt like 93-21. I mean, this was really a 30-point game. Uh, and thanks to some freshmen scoring late, they tightened it. But um, this was as lopsided a game as as I have seen um, Illinois play in a long time. I think thinking about the Arizona game out a few years ago, Kofi's freshman year, and they got run like 90. 69. This felt worse than that.
2: Yeah. Well, they were in that game at half. <laughs> they yeah. weren't in this game at half. Yeah. But,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, it, it was brutal. Um, only led 12 to 10. Missouri went on a 15 0 run and basically it wouldn't get much close. I think they got it to 11 once um, after that. That was it. Missouri just dominated on both ends. They uh, took Illinois out of everything they wanted to do offensively. They scored it well. They took advantage of every mistake Illinois made defensively. Um, Illinois continued to turn it over. It was just a really poor performance, Um, you know, and there are some guys who look like they have good numbers, you know, Shannon and Meyer, Shannon, I think had 22 and, you know, but at the end of the day, it was just a really poor performance from Illinois Um, and they, they just didn't look like they were into it at all.
3: Yeah. And it was, it was even compounded by, um, while they weren't playing the defense that Illinois played on against UCLA and Texas, Um, Even when they had good defensive plays, Missouri would make shots. And so the Illini just, you know, that was the that was broke the record for biggest win by a Missouri team. The last time was uh, 18 in 1994. And and as you said, you know, uh, without some timely scoring there at the end, this could have been a 30 point victory.
1: So, guys, what do we do now with this uh, Illinois team? Um, you know They've got Christmas weekend off, of course. They come back next Thursday and play Bethune-Cookman in their final non-conference game. But this is a team right now that looks like a shell of itself. Uh, the, the overtime win over Texas and Madison Square Garden seems like it was months ago. Um, since then, they they got handled at home pretty easily by Penn State, 74-59. Uh, they come back then after a week off, and they give up a 16-0 run, and they go scoreless for – uh, eight-plus minutes against Alabama A&M. I mean, 21-point win, but again, this was a game that should not have, have been that close. Um, and then this game against Missouri that, that seemed in the first half they... I'm just going to say it, they seemed disinterested.
2: They're clearly in disarray and they're struggling with adversity and I think you can see that from some of these guys because they haven't had adversity. And Brad Underwood mentioned it in his post-game after Missouri. He said, how do you handle adversity? And You know, he said this, he only has one guy right now. Um, And and I would say Shannon battles. I thought Terrence Shannon played really hard. Um, But Sincere Harris is the guy who brings it every time he comes on the floor. And and other than that, they've let the adversity and the the struggles and the missed shots affect them in other areas. And and what it does, it it really just takes the whole team down and the whole psyche is messed up. And so they really need something good to happen. Um, if they're going to be successful um, in the Big Ten.
3: Yeah, and and I know there's going to be a lot of fans who, who get mad at this statement, but you miss a guy like DeMonte Williams. You see how important he was because if he wasn't shooting well, he still fought, and every inch of the way, somebody on the opposing team had to take it from him. And right now, that seems like Sincere Harris is the only one who has that trait every second that he's on the floor.
1: Well, there was a moment there, 17 turnovers in this game, 33 Missouri points off those 17 turnovers was a huge difference there. At one point, Illinois had 17, turn- 16 turnovers and only four assists uh, at one point. And to listen to the the call on the Busey Network, Brian Barnhart and Deion uh, Thomas, and at one point they even talked about, you know, there was a jump ball uh, call and the Missouri player still wound up with the ball. I mean, he wanted it more um, at that point. So we'll talk a lot about this, uh, Illinois, uh, the men's team. By the way, here's something you didn't think you would hear at Christmas. The Illinois women's basketball team has a better record than the Illinois men's basketball team. Illinois men, 8-4. and four, The Illini women now 11-2. and two. Assistant coach Calamity McIntyre joins us next right here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. <laughs>
3: A tradition of excellence over 150 years in the making. At Busey Bank, we're committed to building relationships that span generations. Wherever your journey in life leads you, we are with you along the way, creating a legacy for you and your family. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Slow
4: down, they say. You're getting older relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
1: Right back here on the newsmaker line, presented by Busey Bank. Here on the Alani Guy Sports Spectacular, and making news right now. Well, there's a lot of news going on around Illinois sports, but how about the Illini women's basketball team? Uh, the big win last Sunday at Missouri, their biggest win to date, and they come back a couple of days ago on Wednesday and knock out Florida Atlantic to go 11 and two already. Illini women's assistant basketball coach Calamity McIntyre back on the show with us again. Hey, coach, uh, congrats on the on, on the big start. And you know, we were talking in the break here right before we we came on. Um, you know, we we were hoping this team would be competitive. I mean, you'll believe in what you guys are doing, but um, I don't know that anybody in Illini Nation expected eleven and two uh, out of this group. And, and that's not that's that's not in a negative it, it, at all. But it's just it's just remarkable to see uh, this team come together and play the way they have.
5: Yeah, thank you. We appreciate all the support that we've been getting from everyone across the board. I mean, line Nation has been. Uh, tremendously supportive of, of us, as well as you guys. So we appreciate your support. But, you know, we talked about it a little bit after the game today. Like we're still a little bit out of shape about the Delaware game. <laughs> we wish we'd have grabbed that one. Um, obviously, going down to the wire with Indiana, you know, we had a chance right there and and let that one slip through our fingers. But if you would have told us at the beginning of the season, like, hey, you got a chance to go 11 and 2 going into Christmas break. You'd probably like you probably take that, right? So, you know, as much as as we strive to be a little bit better than where we're at, we're we're very grateful and and uh, really proud of our young women for just continuing to to get better. Honestly, it's been our focus just to get better each and every day and each and every game. So, uh, credit to them for sure.
2: Coach, I think for me, I mean, when we talk preseason, I think one of your concerns was depth. Right. I mean, having enough, yeah. uh, you know, depth on that roster, but you're arguably one of your top players uh, is maybe your top player is out for the, your last two games. And yet you're still able <laughs> right. to win at Missouri and um, you know, beat Florida Atlantic. So uh, what's that say? Maybe the, is that depth developing a little bit? Yeah, I,
5: I think our depth has developed for sure. I think, you know, early on just having a new team and not knowing, yeah, it was something we were concerned about, and so the one thing that, has, that Coach Green does a great job of, and that has surfaced at how good she is, um, you know, she's always been a, you know, this is a team sport. If someone is out, next man up type coach, like, and that's not to take away anyone who's out, like, for example, Makaira, she is like a phenomenal player. We need Makaira, <laughs> but it's it's great to also see our team go. Okay, well, we don't have Makaira. What do we need to do? Not one person needs to take over that role. We need to do it collectively. And and Coach Green's just always been like, hey, I don't care if we have 13 players. I don't care if we have 10. If we have six, we're going to go and we're going to compete as hard as we can for as long as we can and do things one way, the right way. And so hats off to one and and our team too for we're just buying into to just trying to be their best every single day and going out and competing like i I did not think we would come out and punch missouri right off the bat you know and we, we we're strong out of the gates and i think that sustained us throughout throughout that game
3: you know speaking of of you know winning over the the team you know, it's it's sometimes it's hard for a new a new staff to come in and get the team to embrace them and change. You know what they're doing when you start off eleven and two. How does that change your approach for this year? Because I'm sure you guys had some goals. Do you do you elevate the goals once you start really playing well like this?
5: Yeah, you know we we didn't we don't ever really sit down and and go okay these are our team goals for the year. I mean, we know what the expectations are. And we know what we want to accomplish. And when, like, Coach Green always says, we'll be good when we're good. Like, she she has been very vocal about, like, she didn't know when we would be good. We'll be good when, we'll, when we're good. Well, I still don't know if we're good yet. You know, we're winning games, <laughs> but, like, we'll be good when we're good, right? So, we just it sounds so cliche, but we really do just take it one day at a time and one game at a time and we really do talk every single day about going 1-0. And so for us, I don't know that the goals have changed. I think our team is learning more about things that they never talked about. You know, we're, we're talking about the net and explaining why the net is important. You know, why our ranking in the net is important and what that does for us, you know, whenever the tournament committee goes to select the NCAA tournament team. So, so they're learning, our team is learning. A little bit more about what you have to do to accomplish certain goals but the goal every day is still the same get better every single day get one percent better every day and go 1-0 in every single game so that really we our conversations haven't haven't went too much further beyond that
1: talking with calamity mcintyre women's assistant basketball coach and again 11-2 after the big win uh, over Florida Atlanta you know I was talking with coach Green on Sunday after the game at Missouri and I mentioned to you that I went to that game a year ago at SIU the one right after exam week the Salukis punched Illinois in the mouth and Illinois never responded much different this time uh, the big run at the end of the first quarter and this team simply went out scored a bucket took the lead after they were down by one and never looked back um, and it, it says something I think in terms of the way that you uh, the, the team the players have quickly learned from the things that haven't gone well this year that may be, that maybe that hadn't happened before uh, and for whatever reason. Um, but I want to go back to one thing you mentioned a moment ago, the Delaware game, the, the first of your two laws of the season. <laughs> Coach mentioned the same thing. Now, I watched the game, so and we know what happened, but for those who aren't familiar, what is it about the Delaware game that really has stuck in your craw <laughs> a month later?
5: Yeah, yeah, you know, we, we didn't play well, first of all. Credit Delaware, they played really well, and we didn't play well. Like, we just weren't very tough. And hopefully that that game that continues to bother us a little bit, it's probably not so much that we lost, but like how we lost. And hopefully our, I know we have learned from that game. We have shown that we have learned from that game, but I hope that down the stretch of big 10 conference play, that we can take that game and use it. We reference it a lot because we don't want to be that team again. We don't want to be a team that gets out tough. We don't want to be a team that's, you know, not versus the The other night at Missouri. Very first quarter, ball goes to the floor. Brent Shupil dives in there. She gets a foul on the play, but no doubt it set the tone for that. So that just wasn't who we were against Delaware. So it, it is the loss because it's in that, it's part of that two in that 11 and 2 category. But it's more so how we lost that we didn't play well and we didn't do things the way that we do them. And that bothers us um, because you never want to lose one like that. You know, you don't ever want to, like I said, credit to Delaware, but we kind of, we kind of helped them beat us. We kind of beat ourselves. So we want to make sure that that's not, if we drop one, that's not how it happens. And uh, so it it is, it's still a little thorn in our side (laughs) from time to time, but I I do believe we've learned from it. I think we're a better team. What
2: do you, uh, as you kind of, you know, you got to the non-conference at 11 and two and you get ready. You've got some obviously really important big 10 games coming up, you know, with uh, Wisconsin and then Iowa on, on New Year's day. What are your thoughts on those games and how ready are you for this big 10 slate to get rolling?
5: Yeah, that's a great point, Brad. Like every single game in the big 10 is important for us. You know, we, we, the Iowa game is no more, more important than the Wisconsin game. Like that Wisconsin game is, is, is critical for us. And so coming off break, you know, going into that game, like we gotta be sharp, we gotta be ready to go, we gotta be physical, we gotta be aggressive, we gotta be in attack mode, and we've gotta be able to. Our defense travels. We gotta be sure that we take our defense on that bus with us up to Wisconsin, and uh, that we that we take care of business. And then, as far as the Iowa game goes, we don't ever want to look too far. But the one thing I will say about the Iowa game, because I know everybody's listening, we need butts in the seats at the Iowa game. We went to Indiana and experienced a very, very unbelievable atmosphere at Indiana and we we learned what a home court advantage looks like in this conference and so the one thing I will say about the Iowa game is we need people to show up for (laughs) this team and the product that we are putting on the court that's an exciting brand of basketball like I'm getting messages all the time and, and the one theme is like we love how hard your girls play we love watching their energy, their effort, their togetherness, and that's what makes us proud. And so that's something that I would hope people would want to come out and see, and we just want to invite everybody to come out to that game because we need we need that sixth man. We need him in the stand. So I'm pumping that right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, so, so anybody who didn't get what she's saying, I'm going to translate it. They need people to buy tickets and be in the seats, okay? It's. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you need the translation, I just did it for you. Um, one question think, for you. Maybe
5: think, best in the was the right. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Well either
3: way. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys played a couple days ago on, on December 21st. You have a break until December 29th with Christmas in the middle of it. How do you keep the momentum going for this team uh over the course of an eight-day? you know, break between games and a major holiday?
5: Yeah, that's a great question. So we we had a little bit of a break, right, during finals week. We were able to come off of that pretty good. So um, the difference with this little break is we'll be away from each other for a little bit. So really and truly Coach Green told the team in the locker room, you know, after the, the FAU game, like, go home, rejuvenate, like get your mind right, get your body right, whatever you need to do to feel good coming back. But they also have workouts to do while they're gone. You know, they coach Coach Kylie Fletcher will be sending them, you know, some workouts to do. Like they need to move their body a little bit. They also need to take a day or two off. You know, they need to to get their bodies feeling good and feeling right, and it's an opportunity to get going. But you can't take the whole time off. So <laughs> we'll come back and uh, and we'll we'll start practice on the evening of the twenty sixth and then we'll get in our two-day prep after that for the Wisconsin game. But, you know, she, Coach Green said it after the game, after the FAU game. We've, you know, we've got three days of practice to prepare for Wisconsin, but we've got to make sure that we're doing stuff to where, you know, they're ready to go mentally and physically whenever they come back in whatever capacity that looks like. Our team is pretty dedicated to getting in the gym. You know, it's not something we're pulling teeth to get them to do. They're constantly asking for extra workouts. They're asking to get extra shots up. So I know several of them have gyms and stuff they can get in uh, back home. So I'm not too worried about it. Um, But I think this group will come back excited to see each other and excited to go back to work.
1: Well, it's exciting to watch. And as Coach mentions, next Thursday, the 29th, uh, Illinois returns to Big Ten play, one and one so far in the early part of the schedule at wisconsin all conference games the rest of the way and then the game she mentioned make it uh put on your calendar right now 2 p.m state farm center on new year's day taking on iowa right there and uh, put some uh, fans in the seats make some noise for this team 11 and 2 coach calamity mcintyre hey thanks so much happy holidays we'll talk with you soon
5: absolutely thank you guys for having me
1: You got it. Coach McIntyre, always a a pleasure to talk with her. She's so much fun. And uh, again, part of this coaching staff and this program right now, 11 and two disappointed. They didn't get any votes. Uh, I know, I know you got to build. I know I get it, but come on. I mean, after the, after the Missouri win beating a team that had been getting votes, uh, so when it raves somebody to recognize, I guess how you get, make that happen. You just keep winning. I guess that's the case. So, uh, but again, she uh, joins us here on this uh, newsmaker line presented by Busey bank. Stay with us As much more to come. We'll talk to the Illini gal Adalia McKenzie and get her
0: take on this uh, women's team next on the sports spectacular. You're tuned in to the sports spectacular on the Illini guys radio network
6: at Busey bank. We understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams. Since 1868, we've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you, provides opportunities for growth, and is much more than a job. It's a career. Build relationships, build community, and build your career at Busey Bank proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini.
7: If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation, here's the number call
8: 800-254-3218 800-254-3218 that's 800-254-3218 paid for by legal alert line
0: you're listening to the sports spectacular powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini guys radio network now let's get back to the studio
1: well, we just talked with Coach McIntyre. And as promised, up next is the Illini gal, Adalia McKenzie. We watched, uh, guys, we watched her Sunday just take over the game at Missouri, not only scoring, but also defending. Uh, their big guard, Haley Frank, giving up a three or four inches. And I, by my count, she only allowed her three points, like in the final 15 minutes. It was pretty impressive. Adalia McKenzie joins us now from the 11-2 Fighting Illini women's team. Um, she is uh, home for the holidays. So, Adalia, thanks for taking your time uh, to spend with us. Eleven and two. When you began the season, I mean, I know that you know, hey, you want to win every game, but did you think eleven and two would be where you'd be sitting going into Christmas? Honestly, honestly,
9: I don't know. I, man, I don't know. Actually, after our Notre Dame game, was like, okay, yeah, we're gonna be good. But eleven and two, I didn't think that was gonna happen.
2: Is <laughs> she? You know, I, I, I got to go back to I, I last week on the show, I told you you had to beat Missouri to get to come back. So <laughs> now you we let you back on the show now because you beat Missouri and you were you were fantastic in that game. How a road win too? how big it did was that game for you guys, your confidence moving forward in the Big Ten? And also how much did like maybe playing the Indiana game so close help you going in another road environment?
9: Yeah, um, that game was a huge win for us. Like, you know, road games are really hard because they have the fans. They have everyone on their side. You know, Coach Green always says, like, us against everybody in the gym, which is always fun to think about. But it was good. It was a really good confidence builder because they're a really good team. Like, they were receiving uh top 25 votes and stuff like that. So, going to their um, gym and just getting the double in their court just really boosts a lot of confidence for us. And even the Indiana game, like, that having a close game it kind of reminded me of the Indiana game, like the same environment kind of just going in and being a good team.
3: So you guys have um, a few days rest until Wisconsin on the 29th. You've got a, a big holiday in the middle there. How are you going to keep your edge yet get a little bit of relaxation in the one part of the season you can kind of take your take a breath and kind of calm down a little bit?
9: Yeah, me, I don't know how to not work. So I already made a plan, like, I'm going to work out uh, for three days. And the only day I'm not working out is on Christmas. And then the next day, we practice on the 26th. So I'm good. Like, I'm going to make sure I stay in the gym. But also just take that time to relax. Like, you know, I could do both, work and relax. <laughs>
2: You, you just want to make sure that you don't, like, you know, eat too much so you can't run when you get done. That's what happens to Mike. Mike eats too much, and then he can't run for, like, three weeks. So
3: don't do that. Or three years, depending on how you <laughs> how you round.
2: <laughs> That's because you keep adding to it every year, Mike. You know, you keep adding <laughs> to that total. So, so what's on the dot? What are you going to have? What's going to be on the Christmas meal for you, Adalia? What are you excited to have?
9: Um... Mac and cheese. My grandma makes a fire mac and cheese, and I always love that. But there's also this place. Well, I'm not going to have it on. But there's this place in Minnesota. It's called Runyon's, and their wings are fire. So I'm definitely going to get some of those wings. And now, they work out after.
3: <laughs> are you going to go to Fat Lorenzo's and scope out the place for me? It's just It's just north of Mall of America, about one mile on 77 or Cedar. And it's the best pizza in Minneapolis, period.
9: I think we're gonna have to because I am going to the Mall of America.
3: So uh, I want I want a review from you, and all you have to okay. do is order a, a, a small pizza and then get a bread stick, just one,
9: because
3: okay. they're like okay. eighteen inches long. They're good. Though. Okay. I want one your bite. review.
2: One bite, everybody knows the rules. Now we got – now. Here, where, are we, where are we going here, Mike? Come on, man. So we're sitting there. We're going to have – I tell you what, we may get some new program sponsors, though. New sponsor? <laughs> Lorenzos. Come on down. So, no. Adelia, so uh, back to hoops. I want to go back to hoops. <laughs> when do you guys uh, – you know, when do you guys get back to uh, – after Christmas, you get back to to working and getting ready for that Big Ten season? Yeah, uh, right away. We
9: practice at 6 p.m. on 26. And then we'll have three practices going into that Wisconsin game. So it's just important that we come together and stay locked in and get back to it right away.
3: Now, when, when you talk to the, uh, the men's basketball players, do you tell them, hey, guys, let's start winning some conference games because we're ahead of you?
9: <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't say that. <laughs> I actually like to not say anything because I remember – Last year, the men team would make jokes about us. Like, y'all going to win today? Because, like, we were bad. <laughs> but now I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to say anything. Like, I'm chilling. Y'all see us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's good. But, <laughs> so, but, hey, you might want to just get it out there. Just then you're ahead. You, as long as you're ahead, keep talking that smack with them. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah.
3: Brad's all about peace and no conflict apparently.
2: <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as you as you know that as you know that's not my way. So they'll be they'll uh, be,
3: they'll be a, we'll get a call from coach Green and coach Underwood about the team's bumping heads and tell sturdy to shut up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we get that phone call, we'll know that uh, info at IlliniGuys.com. That's an anonymous message to tell us to, yeah, be quiet. We will know. <laughs> hey, Adai, we hope you have a great Christmas with your family. Then um, safe travels uh, and you get back to Champaign. Once again, it's uh, next week uh, at Wisconsin. Then New Year's Day, again, 2 p.m. Central. Be there, State Farm Center. You have nothing else going on. You, have, you 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 need to be there. Even if you do, cancel your plans and get there because these ladies Are balling right now, and they deserve it. Yeah, they really do. Yes,
9: come out support us. We appreciate all the support.
1: I I got to be honest. I was down there in Columbia. It was great to hear you guys silence that place. It was so quiet. I mean, just only the band. That was it. They were Larry.
9: Larry was lit at that game, (laughs) y'all.
3: Well, that's a that's interesting. Fine lit.
9: (laughs) (laughs) Turned up. There you go. Excited. For,
3: for our younger
9: oh, for, our,
2: for our older listeners, that means that's a good thing. That's totally a good thing. Yes,
1: for our older
3: <laughs> listeners, Larry was not drinking.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, it was yeah. a good he was thing. Hyped. He, was, <laughs>
1: he, was
9: hyped. he was energized. Yeah. Working
1: for a lot of guys. That's right. I was working. So <laughs> she's a i gal. Uh as always. Uh we're so proud of you. Good luck. And uh we'll talk with you next week. Uh, okay, back to the business that you guys care about, and that is sports. <laughs> Stay with us. We've got lots more coming up. Illinois Signing Day was on Wednesday. Matt Stevens from IlliniGuys.com, the football writer and analyst, is here to break down uh, this class for Illinois. It's coming up next on the Sports Spectacle. We continue here all along the Atlanta guys radio network, a big, big day on Wednesday signing day. It's always fun all across the nation to see all the young uh, high school players. And now a lot of transfers. It's the game has changed. The signing uh, to break it down for us for Illinois is a uh, football writer and analyst. Matt Stevens joins us. Matt, let's talk about this, uh, this 20 man class. Um, a lot of, a uh, lot of speed in there and a, a lot of bulk uh, on the offensive line. You can see kind of uh, what he was looking for when Brett Bielema put this class together.
10: Yeah, I, I, I wrote about it on guys.com. I think that this this recruiting class starts with number one, and the first guy to commit to the class, and that's Caden, Caden Feagan uh, out of Arthur. Um, I, I don't mean to put it on this young man, but I'm going to do it. I, I think everything that Brett Bielema is saying about what he saw, what he wanted, and what he felt when he started to recruit you know, Fagan, just when he got the job in December of 2021, it's very, very similar to the ways that Io DeSumo was talked about before he signed with the University of Illinois. And Brett Bielema has talked consistently about trying to find his version of Io DeSumo, And I think with the position that he's going to play in a Brett Bielema program, I think that Caden Figan, by the time that he's a maybe a third year player at Illinois, is going to have the opportunity to have a similar impact that Iodesimu had it with the basketball program. And I, I think it starts there. And then and then you start looking at other pieces of this class that were rounded about. And 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 there were a couple of flips and and late flips in this class that that benefited the University of Illinois. Um you know, I, I think that Kendrick Prince are recruiting, you know, guru here at Illini guys would be the first one to tell you that I'm not particularly jumping for joy about this recruiting class, but I'm not saying I'm not, I'm certainly not in the dumps about it. Like I was say in September when things weren't going as well as I it was, you know, how, as it happened to, to be going in the last month or so here when a uh, certain flips started to happen and, and, and the, this class started to look a heck of a lot better.
2: Yeah, Matt, Matt, I guess, um, if you're looking at this, I mean, I, I see two guys who are pretty much consensus, four stars, maybe a third one, Um, sure. you know, but I, I see, um you know, F- Fegan and then Antoine Hayden, of course, out of East St. Louis. Right. How, how big is getting Hayden from that program? And also not to mention his teammate, also Brandon Henderson, getting two kids from East St. Louis. How big is that for Illinois?
10: I think getting Antoine, getting Jojo uh, to play linebacker here out of East St. Louis was huge. I think hitting him, to be what Joey Okla was for Brett's first full recruiting class, which is basically the the the, the signee who was the recruiter of the group because um, that's exactly what Joey was last year. That's what JoJo was this year. Um, that was big. And I think that Brett Bieleman needed to dip back into one of the best high school programs in the state of Illinois, which is East St. Louis. And I think he needed to make you know all of, the, all of those coaches over at East St. Louis feel like Illinois was an option for them. The signing of Hayden does that. And then of course the flip of Brandon Henderson, who who committed to Iowa State very, very early on in the process in the summer, um, and then you know flipped to Illinois is a big deal because I think from a ceiling standpoint, Brad, there are three linemen on that East St. Louis line that that are going to play power five conference football here next, you know next fall i think brandon henderson has the highest ceiling of the three and one of them is going to alabama um brandon henderson hasn't been playing football for that long quite frankly I, he he didn't start playing football until about his junior year of high school um he's very very raw but he has an unbelievable skill set so so brett bielan wrapping his arms around that program with two players that i think that can, tri- can contribute once they become upperclassmen it was a was a really really big deal for this recruiting class
3: the other thing that I was thinking is, you know, special teams was a challenge for the Illini, particularly early in the season and then off and on on the punting game. Um, what are the prospects of uh, uh, Declan Dooley and David Alano, who are vo- both very highly thought of in the punting and kicking game?
10: Yeah, from all I understand, you know, David was obviously the number one kicker, arguably in the country. Um depending on what service you looked at, he was absolutely the number one kicker in the Midwest and the number one kicker in Illinois. Declan Dooley was the number one punter in the state of Illinois. There's no doubt about that. I think he would have had major power five offers if Illinois had not been in the ball, but ball game for him. Um, I think there's a lot of dissertation from Illinois fans about the potential of having multiple specialists on scholarship, both kicker and punter. Um, I don't know what Caleb Griffin's future is at Illinois so they needed a place kicker if Caleb was going to move on I'm not entirely sure that's going to happen um, as quickly as people think it's going to happen I'm not entirely sure that Hugh Robertson is going to move on as quickly as Illinois fans think that's going to happen so you could end up with two punters and two kickers on scholarship and then these two freshmen don't have to you know, get thrown into the fire very very quickly um, because I, I do believe that in terms of kickoffs and in terms of field goals Caleb Griffin was pretty good Illinois fans have been been really really spoiled in that regard over the years I thought Caleb was really really good especially in the last part of the year and quite frankly when Hugh Freeze were I'm sorry when when, when Hugh Robertson wasn't shanking a punt um, the ones that he didn't shank were pretty good so I I, I think that there's a potential here for both of those veterans to win the job in 2023 and then have these guys learn and and not have to be thrown in front of 50,000 people for the first time in their life and do their job
1: talking with Matt Stephens of who was here with us Uh, again. He's the football writer and analyst for Illini Guys. Um, You know, one thing I noticed, um, Brett Bielek came into this job uh, two years ago this month and talked about locking down the state, and he's done that for the most part. But also you see um, a lot of influence still in Florida and New Jersey. Um, Those seem to be kind of plans 1A and and 1B for this staff when it comes to recruiting talent.
10: Yeah, it's no secret that, you know, Aaron Henry, your new defensive coordinator, who was the cornerbacks coach, was born and raised in Florida, and he's he was going to have a big impact in that state for Brett Veach, and he always has. The New Jersey connection is 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 Andy Boo. Uh, he has a connection with the Hun School. He has a connection with some of those New Jersey products. Um, I think that Tommy DeVito having a successful year coming out of New Jersey at the quarterback position allows you to open up a lot of doors there. And Brett Bielema being with the Giants um, in the NFL after he left Arkansas allows them to open up some doors in the East Coast. So yeah, I think those, th- those three markets, Illinois, Florida, and New Jersey, are definitely going to be big. And then they hire Barry Lunny Jr., which, which allowed them to enter into markets like Texas and markets like Oklahoma for Cal Swanson, the first quarterback that Barry signed this as an offensive coordinator and then markets like arkansas where barry's from that that allow them to enter enter those southeast markets so um depending upon where your staff's from is where you're gonna where you're gonna be you know most situated and i think that this staff has has multiple footprints throughout the united states of america
1: all right matt stevens we will uh, leave it there so much to talk about we we will talk more uh with you next week when you are down in sunny tampa and we are gritting our teeth as we fake a smile that you are the one down <laughs> there in the sun. Matt Stevens, uh, have a great holiday. Safe travels. We'll talk to you next week. See you
10: guys. Appreciate it.
1: All right. Matt Stevens, he's the Illini guys, football writer and analyst. Uh, check out his stuff again. Uh, just did some great work all week long. And again, as he mentioned, shout out to Kedrick Prince as well, our director of recruiting, and the great job they did this week uh, covering this uh, signing class. And we'll see what uh, what comes, and we'll see if there's are any more additions to this class. Stay tuned for that. Hey, keep it here, Mike Farrell. He's the godfather of recruiting, and he's an Alana guy as well. He breaks down the day in recruiting, and this past Wednesday, that's next here on the Sports Spectacle. Always love having this guy on the show. Coming back to talk, uh, why wouldn't we have him on? It's uh, the biggest uh, day in recruiting on the calendar, National Signing Day, happening on Wednesday. Mike Farrell is the godfather of football recruiting, uh, and he joins us now. Mike, always good to have you on. Hey, let's talk first off about uh, you know Wednesday and Signing Day. The big thing was just so strange. You know, it's not just the you know the the class of twenty twenty three anymore because you have so many transfer portals and and kids young men who are already in college just switching schools it feels like and you tell me you're the expert it just gave this day a uh, a really different feel than what we might have experienced in the past
11: yeah uh it diminished the day i think which is you know uh, the early signing period was a good idea until they decided to open a transfer portal window 2 weeks before it so it becomes very overwhelming for coaches and fans to actually follow this stuff the good thing is if you did you know, it didn't have the best recruiting class. You can always, you know, recover in the portal. Um, but the bad thing is, there could be some mistakes made, roster management mistakes, because you think you're getting a kid in the portal, you hold off on a high school kid. You think you're getting a high school kid, you hold off in the portal. So a lot of juggling. So after this, you know, after this week, there's going to be a lot of resetting of rosters and and seeing what they need, and and that'll be interesting to cover until the second signing day in February.
2: Mike, is there a, I was looking at the Illinois recruiting class. Is there a guy that kind of, I mean, you know, obviously that we've talked four stars, three stars, whatever, high three, low three, whatever it might be. But is there a guy that you feel like is kind of, um, I don't know, the statement recruit for Brett Bielema here in this class? I think it's
11: Caden Fagan. Um, you know, he, there's a lot of Braille and Allen in him and, you know, I don't know if he's going to be a running back or a linebacker or a hybrid defensive end. I, I have no idea what their plans are, but he's an athletic kid. If you remember, Braylon Allen, you know, reclassified, came out of year early, was supposed to be a linebacker and ended up playing running back at Wisconsin. Wisconsin sort of runs a similar offense to what Bill be- be- alike. So I think he's the one. He's an in-state kid. You know, Antoine Hayden uh, at East St. Louis uh, is important because that's a school they want to recruit more. Uh you know, and holding on to him when Dion came charging was very important, but Fagan's the guy that kind of put this class on the map early. Um, and you know, it it probably led to Hayden's commitment. They committed, you know, within days of each other.
3: Um, and you know, hanging onto those two guys was extremely important. You know, um, one thing I'll tell fans is if you're trying to keep track of the portal, you go onto Twitter at Farrell portal, um, (laughs) -hmm. Mike's Mike's spot. Mike's uh, Twitter page was one that was invaluable to kind of keep up with it. But um, looking at the Illinois class here, uh, how important is it for this Illini team uh, to recruit, you know, a good quarterback in each class? And what do you think of Cal Swanson, the uh, pick, you know, the, the the young guy out of Ardmore, Oklahoma, that the Illini signed for that position?
11: I like him. I mean, he was a kid that some bigger schools sort of kicked the tires on late in the process. Uh, I know there was one period in time late in the summer where Notre Dame was looking at him and, um, you know, they eventually stole Kenny Minchie away from Pitt. But, you know, he's, he was under the radar a bit. He rose in the rankings. Um, to me, he was always sort of a cusp, high three star, low four star kid um, because he has the size. He has the the accuracy. His arm isn't the biggest, but as he gets stronger and fills out his frame, he's gonna you know add to that arm strength. But he can make the throws. Um, when people say big arm, you know these days they talk about throwing the ball 80 yards. You know they throw, throw, talk about these off platform you know garbage pro day Zach Wilson throws. Um, you don't need that. Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever live, and his arm strength is average. Peyton Manning second best quarterback right to ever live and these arms rate average. You know, Aaron Rodgers has a gun. Differences in how you, you know, I guess game plan for quarterbacks. Um, and I think it's important for them to get high school guys and develop them through the system. Hasn't happened for a very long time. Uh, you can rely on the portal more than ever now, but I don't think you can rely on the portal, you know, as much as Illinois has because you're going to drive those kids away. Uh, that are high schools and and you can get them in there for two years, three years to prep them and get them used to the offense and what your style of football is rather than bringing in a Tommy DeVito, who is great, did a good job. Um, but you know, now they're trying to get a second year for them. Um, they're very, very short shelf life guys. Whereas the high school kids, you can develop and maybe have them for two, three seasons.
1: Reminds me of a diehard fan that once told me that if you if the first thing you talk about a quarterback is a big arm, he he's not a winner. And you just got to mention there that that, that doesn't always equate success. That may not be true, but again, it's one of those things that, um, you know, that's a, uh, uh, um, you know, I think of like I don't know Jay Cutler. It was all his arm, his arm, his arm. They, they,
11: they try to do too much sometimes. I mean, you know, Jeff George, you know, like great arms, but sometimes even Brett Favre, who's a legend, you know, tried to do too much. Um. Sometimes it's best to play within your limitations and your, you know, I think Swanson's the type of guy who understands, you know, he's not going to try to fit the ball in where it doesn't belong because his arm's not that rocket that can do that. And and like I said, I mean, you know, these Zach Wilson types, everybody wants Mahomes now, but there's only one Mahomes. Uh, (laughs) I'd rather have a guy with accuracy. You know, Troy Aikman to me was the most accurate quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Um, Okay arm. But accurate, and that's most important. You know where you hit a guy, whether you you put him in a position to make a play um, and lead him and throw him open, as opposed to you know hitting him behind him a little bit or low or whatever. It, it makes all the difference in the world. So if I'm a coach, I'm I'm scouting and looking for accuracy. I want the big arm and accuracy, but accuracy is the most important thing.
1: You know, talking here with uh, Mike Farrell, the Godfather of recruiting, um, and and to your point. Troy Aikman, um, when you look at his numbers, not gaudy numbers at all. In fact, you're almost kind of surprised they're so low. But, uh, but he's got the rings to show for it. Um, let's get to you know some Big Ten uh, recruiting. We're going to talk with the Tom Kaker of Iowa Rivals here in a moment. Um, boy, the big loss there with the the big lineman that, that on the eve of signing day flips and and goes to Alabama. Overall, um, just give me your your overall thoughts in terms of uh, Big Ten and, and how the teams did.
11: Well, obviously it starts with Ohio State, and, and I don't think anybody can really compete with them on a national level in recruiting in the Big Ten. So you really just put them at the top every year and then work your way down from there. Um, and, and that's where the jockeying for position occurs. You've got the Penn States and Michigans that you traditionally expect to finish in the 2-3 range. And then after that tier, then it's, a, it's, it's fair game. And this is where Illinois, you know, can be in the middle of the pack here, you know, with Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan State, those type of teams. So the rich are going to get richer. Uh, That's just the way it is. When we go to no uh, divisions, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult, you know, for the West teams, you know, because there's such a a tradition balance, um, you know, advantage for Ohio State and Michigan. And then you get USC and UCLA coming in. So it's going to get more and more competitive. And I think the important thing for people to understand with Illinois is Brett Bielema gets the guys he feels are going to fit and the guys he wants. He's not going to get you a ton of four-star, five-star kids. You know, since I started covering Illinois closer, he's been involved with more kids with Power 5 offers. And that's all you can ask. Uh, And you just got to hope, like this season, I mean, they were very, very close to a special season. Um, And they had a great season, eight and four, but they were very close to a 10 and two. Uh, type of season, maybe even 11-1, because of the players that I think he develops. And being a developer is more important. Matt Rule is a great developer. I think Nebraska found the right guy there. Uh, Kirk Ferentz is a good developer. P.J. Flex is a good developer. So those middle-of-the-road guys, it's they're all going to be similar when it comes to national ranking. It's who can develop the best, and, and BLM has kind of shown that.
2: Mike, one team I wanted to ask you about is Michigan. Um, is this maybe not the level of class team coming off back-to-back college uh, football playoffs that, that you expected from Michigan? It's
11: not because it got off to a bad start because Sarbaugh flirted with the Vikings. You know, I mean, when you do that on signing day, a lot of the 2023 recruiting, of course, is done much earlier than the spring and the summer and into the football season. You're pretty much you know, 80, 75 to 80% done with your class by, by the start of the football season. And those, uh, you know, the, the build up to building trust with these kids is done during their sophomore and junior years. Um, and so you build up that trust, then you want the Vikings job. You interview for the Vikings jobs on signing day, you don't know, get the Vikings job. doesn't matter if you went to the playoff last year, that's going to stunt your development in recruiting. It's going to lead to a lack of trust and you have to rebuild that. So they were kind of behind the eight ball. Uh, they will do much better in 2024 because I don't think he's going to flirt with another NFL team, even though the Colts will come at him and some others will. Uh, but, yeah, it's a disappointing class for them when you're talking about back-to-back playoff because they should be in that range of top ten.
3: And, you know, the question I have is, is in regards to Penn State, you know, James Franklin's stuck – in this how do I get past Michigan, how do I get past Ohio State, or at least elevate to their level. With Michigan having a little bit of a semi-bump in the road, is Penn State recruiting well enough to try to close that gap a little bit?
11: Um, It comes down to the quarterback to me. I mean, you know, he he found lightning in a bottle in Trace McSorley, and he was able to break through with him. But again, that was a kid that not many people wanted. He recruited him to Vanderbilt. Most people want him as a D back. He kind of got lucky there. Maybe Drew Alara is that guy. Everybody's excited about him. He's a big kid, big arm kid. Um, he's shown a lot of promise. But when you got Sean Clifford starting for 15 years, and you're only going to go so far. <laughs> it comes down to me. Penn State comes down to quarterback play because they they develop defensive linemen pretty well. The receivers aren't great, but they're, they're good enough. I mean, John Dawson, obviously, NFL, Parker, Washington, NFL. So th- those are very good players. Tight ends, great. Offensive line, solid. Uh, the back seven, solid. It comes down to quarterback. So if, if you're going to be Ohio State and, and you're going to be producing Heisman candidates every year, um, you can lean on that. If you're going to be Michigan. You know, you may have your Cade McNamara, who's a game manager, but you have a offensive line that wins awards two years in a row. You've got running backs. You can wear people down. That's your style of play. Penn State doesn't really have that type of... They're, they're in between both of those. They, they can run the football, but they won't wear you down. Um, you know, They can pass, but it's not going to be dynamic. So I think they're stuck. And I think quarterback's going to be the thing that possibly gets them over the edge. But I don't know. I mean, they, they didn't recruit very well at quarterback again, so they're going to have to rely on Alar and then the portal to break through. And, and that's the knock against Franklin. Your quarterback play has to be the other.
2: Mike, which one of the, we look at, we've had some coaching changes, obviously, you know, Wisconsin and Purdue and, um, you know, as we look at these changes and we look at some of these guys stepping into these new roles, which guy did well at signing game, maybe getting some flips or getting some surprises?
11: I think rule um, to me, you know, Wisconsin did, did pretty well, but it's a small, small class. His pickle was brought in there late. He didn't want to sign a big class. Um, you know, obviously, to me, Matt Rule uh, has the number four class, at least in my rankings, in the, in the Big Ten, which is very good for Nebraska. You know, they kept Malachi Coleman home, who's a freak athlete, six foot five, 200 pound, you know, 100 meter, 10, four kid. He's a freak. Um, he doesn't really know how to play football yet, but he's he's. He could be really, really good. Um, you know, so I think Rule, you know, kind of made a splash. Dion tried to get Coleman. Um, you know, now they're in it with Dylan Riolà, who'd be committed from Ohio State, whose dad played at Nebraska. I think there's a lot of buzz going on there. Um, Wisconsin will be okay. Um, I think Fickle will recruit well there. But to the to the level, again, Nebraska is Nebraska's the one school that has a chance to maybe – break out of this middle of the pack. We're talking about the Wisconsin's, the Iowa's, the Minnesota's, the Illinois's, Michigan State. Nebraska has a chance to do that because Rule has done it before on a college level. Um, He's got NFL experience, and he's putting together a staff that can really recruit. So they're kind of scary to me. Now, again, they've sucked forever, and until they stop sucking, we don't have to worry about them, if you're any other team in the Big Ten. But this is – Scott
3: Frost was a guy we didn't know he could coach. Um, and he couldn't, Matt Rule can coach. And then finally, if you're a fan of a team like Rutgers with, obviously coach Shiano has a good resume at that school um, and he's coming back trying to rebuild it. And you've got all these new coming coaches in the big 10, how's their recruiting going? And what is it going to take for a team like that to even make it into that middle group? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of talent in the state of New Jersey. It's a little
11: bit down from the, from the real amazing years to me, the, the Greg Olson to Brian Toll to Brian Cushing to Will Hill, like really, really great football players. New Jersey's a bit down. Uh, the Boscos and, and Bergens um, are a little bit down as well. Everybody's recruiting it. You know, he wants to build a fence around the state of New Jersey. I don't think that's even enough. Um, and Chiano's, and I mean, he's, he's only got himself to blame. He had this going. His best recruiting class was the year he left right before signing day to go to the Buccaneers. So now he's trying to rebuild. And now we're in a different world. You know, you could talk about New Jersey and New York and NIL and all that garbage. You cannot compete if you're Rutgers with the big boys if they want a kid in the state of New Jersey. So I don't know what the answer is. I think it comes down to everybody but Ohio State. Get the players you want. Develop them. Become a tough team, a team that you don't want to play, a team that if they sort of scrap with you into the third quarter, you're going to have a whole lot of trouble finishing. Um, be very pesky, annoying, physical. Uh, and they're not even close to where, you know, Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, you know, Illinois after this past season, you um, Iowa, those type of teams are much more physical, much, much peskier. Um, So they got a long way to go. I don't know if I'm a Rutgers fan. I mean, I always deal with Alabama fans and they're the most spoiled human beings on earth. (laughs) I always tell them, I say, you know, stop whining. You didn't get a five star or a kid's not ranked high enough. Try to be a Rutgers fan for a week. And I always use Rutgers as the example because they've sucked for so long, except for those few years Shiano had it going on. It's not for the faint of heart. I mean, Illinois fans know this feeling, um, but Rutgers has known this feeling forever.
1: Good point. Mike Farrell, one final question before we uh, get to you. I know Mike said final. but I'm going to squeeze in one final one before the break here. Uh, you've, wa- you've followed this for so long. You, you are the expert in this. How would you change the recruiting process, signing day and all that as it exists right now? Again, we, like we started off here at this interview. It, it's it's it, it's so different than it was even just two or three years ago. What 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 would you recommend that that they change to make it a better better process?
11: Well, I do two, two things. I always was a proponent of an early signing period, um, but I didn't think it should be December. It's not far enough from um, February, and it's not far enough removed from the coaching carousel. Uh, all the coaching changes that occurred, and even when you don't have a portal window, I would get rid of that too. I would go back to the portal. You can go in anytime, three sixty five a year. Um, But even when you didn't have a portal window, a lot of those kids are going to make those decisions in late November and early December. Um, Put the early signing period in August. And, you know, you have one caveat, which is if your head coach gets fired or takes another job or whatever, then you can get out of your letter of intent. But a lot of kids are ready and locked in uh, to get rid of this decision, this burden of a decision off their backs heading into their senior year of football. Let them, you know, sign in August and let them out of their letter. If say, you know, fickle, you know, goes to uh, Wisconsin and there's a lot of shuffling that can still occur and you can handle that on a team by team basis, but get rid of the portal window, which I think they will. I mean, this 45 day rate in the middle of all this madness is just not sustainable. And then make the early sign period, August. And then have your second signing period in February, and I think you've got a much more manageable calendar.
1: I like that, and like you said for the for the kids who are ready in August, get it out of the way, let them play their senior year, and not worry about it. Just you
11: know, that's fun. Yeah, you know,
1: have fun with it. Yeah, it should be fun. Hey, Mike, we will leave it there. Always good to talk with you. Happy holidays to you. And uh, as as Mike mentioned, people make sure you follow him on Twitter, Mike Farrell. Thanks so much for your time, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, see you all right mike Farrell joining us here once again uh he's the godfather of recruiting and uh give him a follow he um not just knows his stuff and uh, breaking down things right now but boy what some great advice for possibly the future what we could see stay with us our conversation continues
4: after this slow down they say you're getting older relax seriously you're on a mission you've got places to go grandkids to see At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
0: You're listening to The Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. As
1: we continue the conversation, let's turn to a little uh, baseball now. And how about the guy's a shortstop, the all-star shortstop that was a Giant for a minute and then winds up uh where's he going? New York Mets. Yeah. York?
2: Yeah, going to the Mets. He yeah. well, fails the physical with the Giants or they find a a red flag on a physical. He's like, "All right, well, the Mets give him he evidently they thought that 13th year was just too much. So the Mets <laughs> only gave him 12. And at 315, I'm sure he'll find a way to get by on that, uh, that much smaller contract. But, you know, it's tough.
3: Yeah, well, I mean, at least they the, the Mets towed the line on this. We will only give you 12 years. I yeah. mean, that's, that's some discipline. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: I, I, I got to be honest with you. These baseball owners are absolutely crazy.
1: It's crazy, yeah. Carlos Correa, the All Star shortstop. Um, it's just, just, it's just insane. Let's say in New York, meanwhile, Aaron Judge, um, another player the Giants thought they were, they had, and he ends up staying in New York nine years, three hundred sixteen million dollars. <coughs> can't, can't even say it. Uh, and then this week he is named the sixteenth captain uh, of the Yankees. I mean, only sixteen in team history. I mean, you know, again, you're the man when that happens. So just like Derek Jeter.
2: Yeah, it's it's impre- Judge been He's faced the franchise. That's why the Yankees had to sign him. He is the face of their franchise right now. And, you know, of course, he hits 62 home runs. I guess you get to be the face of the franchise. It's pretty good. Good year.
3: Yeah. And, and the, the there's only been like 16 guys who've been Yankee captains. Uh, and kind of the cool part of that is, is Lou Gehrig was the captain until uh, 1939. And then the Yankees decided there would never be another captain until George Steinbrenner made uh, Thurman Munson the captain in 1975. So uh, an impressive group of gentlemen who've done that. And Babe Ruth was even the captain for one year until he got deposed for jumping into the crowd to get in a fight with a heckler. So they even have behavior standards to be the Yankee captain. (laughs) Nope.
2: What is that? Don't they have a facial hair rule too? Like you can't have... You have yeah, a mustache. I, yeah. you can't have a beard or something yeah. like or that.
1: Mattingly shaved his.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I think you. Right. Um, Hey guys, I want to throw this out there. Uh, something I, I saw earlier this week, you know, Deion Sanders goes to Colorado, uh, head football coach. Um, uh, you know, there are people who, who thought he was, that he diss Jackson state because it's an HBCU and, and he should have stayed there to help them. Um, here's, I'm of the opinion that this is capitalism. um, if he were the coach at Western Illinois and led them to 11 and 0, would you be mad if he went to Colorado? I mean, I,
3: yes. I, don't, I don't, I don't, I, I get it. You guys are mean. East. you guys are Eastern grads. So it's up to you guys, but yeah. Yeah. I,
2: <laughs> so, yeah if he, well, if he was winning at Western Illinois, Larry and I would be mad. No, but <laughs> no, it's here's the reality. None of these guys, this is normal. And I don't know the whole, whether it's an HBCU or not, doesn't mean anything. I mean, like I does, but I mean, it's good that he was doing that, but at the same time, it's no different than leaving anywhere else. Yeah. And, and he was never shy about the fact that he was going to be there. He's going to get it done there. And then he's going to move on. He went on 60 minutes, Brad. He, 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 and, he told us. And I'm going to, yeah. okay. I'm going to tell you right now. He does. He wins at Colorado he's probably going to end up back at like a Florida state or he's going to end up at Florida or he's going to end up at at an sec school. Maybe he's going to replace Saban in Alabama. I don't know, but he's going to, if he wins, he's going to move up again. And and that's just the nature of the beast. It's
3: He's going to be there for three years. It's either going to be feast or famine. He's either going to be there three years and move on to the next step. Like you described, or it'll be like, Oh my goodness, what just happened? And then he'll be finding his way out of Boulder. I, I I think it's going to it's it's a little bit of a high risk because of his lack of experience, but it's also a high reward because of his unbelievable success that he's had and the great personality that he brings with it.
1: Well, he's um, bringing some of his best players with him from Jackson State, the former five-star recruit Travis Hunter, uh, who went to Jackson State because of Dion, announced this week that he's going to follow him to Boulder. Uh, that's huge. His, uh, his sons who are both talented players yeah, they plan to go, um, you know, Dion's he's got swag and he clearly has a message that kids are listening to. And look on the lower FCS level, um, he's shown that he can win. And now the question is to your point, can he get it done here? Um, his methods are unorthodox, but let's see what happens.
2: I, I'll be honest with you. When I've heard him speak, you know, I, I remember him being prime time and he was all show and, what we didn't realize was that he wasn't just all show. He was show in the game, but this is a dude that put in the time and practice too. I don't think people realize that, yeah. you know, he was a good teammate. He was a guy that put in time and practice and he, he was really technically sound in addition to being a freak athlete at the cornerback position. So I, I think we forget that. And so I've heard him speak to his team and some of these locker room speeches that ha- they're fantastic. Like, I mean, his press conference the other day was fantastic. I, I, I lo- enjoy listening to him talk more than I ever did when he was doing uh, on the sideline stuff with the NFL. I mean, he really is like, and he connects with these kids. You can see it.
3: Yeah. And, and I'll tell you as a, as a longtime Cowboy fan, he was amazing as a player, the stuff he could do. He would, he could talk about, you know, what the other offenses were doing. And then you watch this guy who literally by himself would shut down a third of the field. That's why when I hear the word cover corner, and they bring up today's players or the players between now and then. There's no comparison to what Dion did. And I, I I I wouldn't bet against the man because he has that determination that goes along with talent that's so rare.
1: He's he's impressive. And um, and you're right. I think you know, he's had some health issues now. And so at this age, he's north of 50. He's no longer worried about you know, the, the, the flash, I think the wins and this, this is his next thing to Brad's point. He always worked hard to be that guy on the field. And like you said, to be the best corner of the game. And, and he was at that time. Um, and one of the greatest of all time. Now this is his drug, if you will. And so I, I said before when Georgia tech was, you know, possibly in the running for him, I thought he would kill it in Atlanta because Atlanta right now doesn't have a, a megastar for the first time in decades uh, that didn't happen, but, um, you know, look, the, the bar set real low. Were they one and 11 this year? I mean, did they score? I don't know, more than two touchdowns a game. I don't know. It was, it was a pretty bad year. Um, yeah, they,
2: so they're terrible.
1: Yeah. It's, it's nowhere to go but up, I guess, uh, for him. Um, you know, we lost a legend this week, Franco Harris, uh, the, the pro football Hall of Famer. Uh, of course, the immaculate reception, uh, died this week at the age of 72. Ironically, days away from the anniversary of that famous catch he made against the Raiders at the old Three River Stadium.
2: Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up as sure. a former, as a Raider fan. Um, that really, again, as well, well-documented my Raider fandom and you guys just keep going ebbs, there, and,
3: so. ebbs and flows.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. And here we go. So I have great respect for Franco Harris as a football player, but he was, uh, you know, it's one of those things that but as a Raider fan, man, he put, he put a lot of bad, <laughs> bad mojo on my Raiders <laughs> over the years. So, but no, what a great running back, great guy. Um, Really, you know, just our you know, my condolences, but you know, he was he was special, he was a special player.
3: Yeah, as a as a cowboy fan, they put two Super Bowl victories up over the Cowboys, and and the one thing about Franco Harris was he was cerebral and he was kind of the cerebral assassin out there, and and he would go out of bounds as opposed to just getting hit for no reason. And even as a as a child in the '70s, I would watch that, and I go, "That guy's pretty smart," because those other guys are big and they're pretty mean. And <laughs> and I always thought I always thought what a great guy he was. He he was also very patient and well spoken with the press. He would listen to their questions. He wouldn't you know get all upset like a Ditka or a Parcells. Um, I, I just it, I, it, I was very sad today when I read he passed.
1: Yeah, I was, uh, as I mentioned to you guys back in my CNN days, got a chance to interact with, interact with him, uh, interviewed him a few times and, and um, uh, you know, spent some time with him as well at the uh, inauguration back in 09 and um, class act. And as I, I put in my Facebook post that he was somebody that, that he always had time for others. He never big timed anybody. If they wanted to talk, if they want to tell a story. If they wanted a picture and they want an autograph. I mean, he would acquiesce. I mean, it just was uh, it was great, and I learned a lot about you know humility and, and patience and, and kindness and respect. And he did that. I mean, he's Franco Harris, I mean, he didn't know anybody anything, and yet, um, I, I never saw a time that he just was not gracious. I mean, I, I saw him in banquet settings when he got an award, I saw him in, in interview settings when it was, it, 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 we were interviewing him, and his cell phone kept going off. It's the Super Bowl back in 2006 when the Steelers and the Seahawks played. his cell phone kept ringing and and he kept apologizing. We we didn't care, but he, it really bothered him. It bothered him that he felt he was putting us out and we kept saying, no, we're good. You know, we're fine. Um, He just was always that kind of guy. And uh, unfortunately the, you know, big plans this weekend, Steelers and Raiders are going to honor him, you know, 50th anniversary of the catch uh, retire his Jersey. I'm stunned. It hadn't happened already. Um, And so certainly now a different uh, cast, a different Paul on that, but Frank O'Harris no longer with us at the age of 72. And certainly all of us uh, here, our thoughts, And uh, prayers go out, not just to his family and friends, but the legion of fans out in Pittsburgh. And there are many uh, who certainly felt this loss. He was just a class man, not just an athlete, but a class man. No question about that. Stay with us here. We've got much more to come right here on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Time now for our Game Changers segment presented by OSF Healthcare. You know, I've been doing this a really long time, and I can't remember a strength and conditioning coach having as big an impact on not just the current players and team, but on future players, recruits coming to Illinois because of Fletch. I mean, he is more valuable than Chevy Chase or John Hamm. Will ever be at least in our book. Adam Fletcher of Illini basketball joining us now. Uh, Fletcher, I know we've been talking, I think since like last Christmas, about having you on, and we're glad that our schedules finally matched up to spend a few minutes with you. Welcome to the Sports Spectacular. And let me start with this: uh, What do you think when when you hear players say, "Yeah, I- I'm going to Illinois," and, and it's because of Fletch?
12: <laughs> well, we, <laughs> yeah, there's there's obviously a lot of reasons why guys choose choose to come, uh, you know, to be a part of of the program that coach Underwood's built, and uh, you know, very happy to be, you know, on a, on a list of a lot of great things that we have to offer. And um, that's one of the things that we continue to try to push and, and develop is, is how can we be, you know, the most appealing to, to a young athlete uh, you know, to, to want to come and and continue their, their playing career and develop themselves and give themselves a chance to move on. And uh, very fortunate that I've, I've had a couple guys say nice things about about the way we present and, and kind of show them, you know, where they are and, and where we intend to take them along this journey and the time that they'll be with us. So uh, it's just, you know, it's it's, it's great that, that they say nice things and very fortunate to have a great group of coaching staff to work with that, you know, puts me in a position to be able to recruit to these kids. Uh,
2: Fletch, you have a, obviously – a. A very good reputation in this, but I, I think sometimes it, the proof is like what you put out and you've, you've got the, the guys there, the, that you've seen and how rewarding is it when you see a guy, let's say like an IO sumo and you see the way he changed his body and how he was able to develop. And now you see him being successful in the NBA.
12: Yeah. I mean, obviously that's, that's every, every one of these guys dream uh, is, is to come here in advance and advance and become an NBA basketball player. Um, And, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and obviously, you know, developing your body physically, maintaining good health um, are a big part of that. And it's, 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 it's the ultimate reward. It's uh, you know, I was putting in time with, with one of our, one of our athletes today and, you know, the days are long and and the years go by fast, but it's uh, I was, I was having the conversation with another coworker and I said, man, you know, I really hope that all this pays off for this kid. Um, because that—that's ultimately what we do it for. That's what we do it for as coaches, is—is um, is to give these guys a chance to move forward and and make a career out of of what they love to do.
3: How much do you adjust your plan when you're working with a guy? Let's let's take IO. You know, do you, do you did he kind of go along a path that you pretty much anticipated from day one, or did you have to make tweaks and move things around? based on his progress and what you learned about him?
12: It's always that that is the the—the target is forever moving. Um, and that goes day to day, week to week, uh, obviously, you know, year to year. And I, I think I just spoke to it. The days are long and, and the time flies. But, you know, each day it moves a little bit. Uh, we've got enough sports tech now that we can kind of see. How a guy's moving day to day. Um, we may we may make an adjustment tomorrow for one of our athletes, depending on what we see on our force plate data, for example. Um, so that 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 stuff's always changing. We're, we may make an adjustment to tomorrow's lift. Um, you know, one we've got a game on Friday, so we're going to change the lift. And uh, based off of the data that we collected today, from how long practice was, how intense practice was, uh, those are just examples. But we're constantly changing. Um, kind of the day-to-day, but we always have the end goal in mind, and we're never going to push a day or, or try to get something out of a guy on one day um, if we know that they're not physically ready or capable, and again, very fortunate to work at a place where they've given me tools uh, to kind of assess guys every day and make sure that they are feeling good, moving well, And and are ready to go. And if they are, then we're going to have a good training day. Uh, And If they're not, then we're going to back off. We may do, uh, I'm a licensed massage therapist. We may do more massage that day. We may, we did more movement. It's, again, it's constantly changing. um, And that's, that's my job, you know, is to make sure that we're moving that target, but also have an idea of where we're going at the end of the road.
1: Talking with Illinois basketball strength and conditioning coach Adam Fletcher here on the Game changer segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Now, I have I have not seen uh, all the, the new uh, facilities or are in so I'm going to let uh, the other guys ask this, but I do want to get to – I don't want you to give away the secret sauce, but one of the cool things to look at every fall is the transformation that guys make when they first come on campus like early June and then 90 days later how their body has really changed. So – um again i i want you to you know i mean all we all would love to take notes because we all could you know <laughs> be honest we, we all could use some uh, toning up <clears throat> to be to be put it mildly but what is it that that you kind of take on with each one of these guys to to transform their bodies really
12: before the preseason even begins yeah it's uh again and and, and, I, and I know i keep saying this but it's true and it's the resources that we're able to work with. Um, you know, if I, I believe that if, if every person had the resources that our guys are able to work with every day, uh, we've got a full-time registered dietitian in Palmer Johnson who does an unbelievable job in, in meal planning and making sure that, you know, the guys know what they need to eat. Uh, a lot of times I'm there in the room with them, kind of follow through with that, right? It's one thing to know what you're supposed to eat, uh, and then it's another thing to actually execute what you're supposed to eat. We all know we all know what's right, uh, but when we're making that decision, sometimes it's easy to get off. And uh, we've got a great base of support in Palmer, who who really dials in. This is what this guy should eat. Uh, he's the registered dietitian. He's the professional in that area. Uh, and then he and I work together in, in executing that plan. Um, so I want to start with nutrition because that's number one. If we don't eat the right way uh, or the right amount, uh, at the right time, then we're not going to be able to make these body composition changes. And then you build that in with, you know, the intensity of practice that coach Underwood runs. Um, and, and then obviously and you know, executing a correct exercise plan. Uh, you know, that's how these composition changes happen. And it's, it's, again, it's an everyday process. Um, and, and, you know, we don't ever get lost in one day, but we don't get lost and make sure that we, that we don't run out of a week and, uh, so some, some days I say that to say a guy may make a mistake, uh, but we're not going to lose our vision because of one mistake that's made. I think it's, again, it's a process. It's over time. It's learning their body. It's fallen in love with it. And, and we have a unique way of, of getting our guys to really embrace that. And I think that's, what's led to the success in the body composition changes that, you know, people have seen. So, so Mike, my-
2: Mike eats a lot of pizza. That's probably not the, the, the dinner that you're having for every meal for these guys. Right.
12: <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, but again, like, you know, we get, we get on these recruiting presentations and, and like, I, I'll admit like guys, I'm not a robot either. You know, if if there's a cinnamon roll breakfast from time to time, I'm going to have a cinnamon <laughs> roll. Right. I, mean, I think it's, I think it's important to have balance. I think oftentimes you can lose the guy early if you're trying to force something on them that's completely new and the way that we go about it is is getting them to understand how how it will help their body long term but in in the immediate and just in terms of fueling but that part is really really important and it's a touchy subject in how you get an 18 19 20 year old kid to buy into eating that way consistently.
2: Fletch is there a so I guess and following up there is what's the hardest part. Maybe that is it. What's the hardest part when, when you have these kids, is it to get them to be in the weight room? Is it the, um, is it losing maybe some fat for some of them? Is it gaining muscle for some of them or is it the dietitian part, part of it? What's the hardest part?
12: Honestly, the hardest part is, 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 and I talk about it all the time. We call it the other 23. They're with me for an hour and that hour is really really important if we can't touch them in a way that make them fall in love with it then the other 23 is going to be so bad that it won't even matter what we did in that hour Mm. um so it's our job as educators to help them understand within that hour why they need to continue that out throughout the rest of their day whether that's hydration sleep eating the right things right it's it's recovery work there's so much that goes into that other 23 and And it's, it's our job again, to get them to fall in love with it. And each guy's different. I can't answer that and say what we did for aisle was one thing, how we got Kofi to lose weight was another way. What we're doing for sincere right now, everyone is different. Um, And I think that's important for them. They know that, that it's different. It is individualized. Uh, What we did for sky is completely different than what we're doing for Ty Rogers. And uh, so, you know, each guy gets a different plan. Uh, it allows them to take ownership of it. Um, and, you know, how we got Kofi to lose weight is completely different than how we got Dane Danger to lose weight. It's just, again, each body's made up differently, and it's it's our job to kind of help them understand what's going to work for them.
3: One of the things you brought up there that was interesting was the re- word recovery. And when we took the tour, um, Josh talked about, you know, he's roughly a little bit younger than I am, but he talked about how recovery was what, was really worked on nowadays that was different from his time as an athlete. What different goes into workouts, uh, you know, to help recovery that that maybe people don't even realize is going on?
12: Yeah, it's, we have a say in our program, work hard, recover harder. Um, I, for us, we're going to practice hard. We're going to play hard. We're going to, you know, I think the, the proof is in the product that we put out on the floor with Coach Underwood. Um, if you think about a coach Underwood team, you think about a team that's going to play hard, right. And and it's going to be a relentless pursuit. And I don't think that just speaking to that matters because I think, again, when you see the product, you understand that it's happening. The other side of that is the recovery. And for us to be able to do that every single day, we do have to recover harder. Uh, it's, it is, it's more important that these guys are taking care of their bodies. Again, that other 23 Uh, than what may be happening in that moment.
1: Sturdy put on the Illini guys message boards, uh, some of your video from your playing days as a Red Hawk for Miami university (laughs) in Ohio. And so uh, we, we all admitted you you got a bit of game and you never talk about that, but here's the thing uh, was Fletch the player. Would he have listened to Fletch the coach back in the day?
12: It's so funny. Uh, So yeah, I honestly, yes, because I was always trying to figure out a way to get healthy if you saw the video, you, you, you probably realized that I had two knee braces, an ankle brace. I was probably wearing an elbow pad, uh, a headband. Who knows? They, they, taped, they basically taped me together and put me on the floor every night. So uh, I would have loved to have known some advances in, in, in the recovery area.
1: Uh, I, I'm, I'm out of time. I got to squeeze in one more. We've got the story, of course, of Luke Goody. We've heard about that surgery. Um, do you already have a plan together of, of how you'll work with him um, and get that's, him back on
12: the court? Yeah, that's that. Uh, we have, I had him in the weight room today with me. Um, there's going to be a plan there in place. Uh, again, it was it was a bone injury, and and like I said, those those are hard to hard to limit. And but I, I believe that you know with our process, we know we know what he used to jump like. So, you know, I can guarantee you one thing. We won't bring him back until we know he's back to what he used to be.
1: Yeah. Well, we know that the program's in, in good hands uh, with you. Fletch, thanks again for so much for your time. We can't wait to see you back on the sidelines here uh, this season uh, very shortly. <laughs> we'll, yeah. we'll talk to you yeah. soon.
12: Absolutely. Thank you.
1: All right. Fletch, thanks, Fletcher, he's the strength and conditioning coach for Illinois basketball on this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. You're listening to The Sports Spectacular, powered by Com on the IlliniGuys
4: radio network. Slow down, they say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go, grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are, wherever you're going, whatever your mission is, we're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life, our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way
6: at Busey bank. We understand you have a vision for your future and we're committed to helping you achieve your dreams since 1868. We've invested in recruiting and retaining the best and brightest associates. Busey's unique culture is one that values and supports you provides opportunities for growth. And is much more than a job. It's a career, build relationships, build community and build your career at Busey bank. Proud to be the official bank of the fighting Illini.
8: That's 800-613-8053.
10: Hey, this is Tim Sinclair, public address voice of the Chicago Bulls and Fighting Illini
3: Basketball, and you're listening to the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular.
1: Well, it's a pretty cool evening right here or morning, wherever you would like to think, as we are recording this in advance here for the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Larry, Mike, and Brad on uh, on this segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, junior forward, and um, someone who we've talked about a lot, guys, is um, so incredibly talented. And uh, I I really think this is a year he's going to show what he's going to do. So excited to have him here on the show. Hey, Coleman, glad to have you with us.
13: Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys.
1: Absolutely. Hey, let's start right now with uh, You know, you know that Illinois is a basketball school, although, you know, Brad Underwood does admit it's a football school right now. Right. Um, But for the first time, you guys are going into basketball season and you're not the biggest thing on campus. Because football's playing so well. What's that like?
13: Yeah, I mean, I, I have a, a ton of excitement for the football team. You know, I'm uh, part of the reason why I uh, went to Illinois is, get, you know, when I first came here, I had that atmosphere on campus, you know, going to the football game. Uh, you know, I didn't want to go to a school without a football team. Uh, but I'm excited to see uh, the way that, you know, Chase Brown, Tommy, uh, all, those, all those guys have been playing well. Uh You know, and and there's not any sense of uh, jealousy. It's all love. Um, You know, I I love especially the way our fans have rallied around it and, you know, been buying up tickets and supporting the football team. And, you know, it's great that they're finally getting a lot of attention and and national attention, too. Uh, Hopefully they'll get a college game day down here uh, for that Purdue game. Uh, But, yeah, I I love to see that both sports teams are doing well. And, you know, it's only up from here. I want to see the university just be on top. So.
2: Coleman, you've obviously you guys have been on top. I mean, you've got a Big Ten championship regular season, and you've got a Big Ten tournament championship uh, since you've been on campus. And uh, what's it? So you come into this year, and maybe it's not having something to prove, but is it like taking it to the what do you, What do you guys need to do to maybe take it to that next level? Um, you know, beyond winning a Big Ten championship.
13: Yeah, I think I think we just have to rally around each other, and and you know, it's such a new group. Um, they haven't experienced what uh, we've all experienced uh, as far as winning in the big 10. Uh, so I think kind of having a sense of leadership, but at the end of the day, it's ultimately just playing hard. Um, we, we just have to go out and compete against everybody. We play whoever's on our schedule. we we'll have to go out and compete. Um, you know, if we don't compete hard uh, we don't play well, you know, we're not going to win games and, you know, and, and, These last two years, you know, we didn't always have I feel like even last year we didn't have the best team in the Big Ten. I think we just played harder than everybody else. These last few years, I think Coach Underwood's team just played harder than anybody else. And that's what caused us to get the most wins in the in the Big Ten uh, in the last few years. So just going out, playing hard, uh, rallying around each other and just focus on that opponent um, being locked in on detail and playing hard. Ultimately, that's that's how you get the wins. So Coleman, there's only five returning players this year.
3: So what is your role in helping um, mentor those new freshmen and the guys who are new to the team?
13: Yeah, and I, I've talked about it a lot, especially on media day. It was it's really uh, leading by example. Uh, I can sit there and talk about what what the past guys have done and what what we're supposed to do and. Uh, this and that and you know chirp guys for this and that but they have to see it by example you know I can I got to be everyday guy in practice I got to go hard I got to be almost perfect for them um, so they can truly see what what it takes to win uh, what what shoes they'll have to fill for n- next year or years to come uh, for the new guys next year uh, but yeah ultimately it's just leading by example I think it's the proper thing um, like I said we can bring up Io and what he's done and we can bring up Kofi and how big of an impact he was, but those guys aren't here. So I played with those guys. I can lead by example, or I can just talk about it and uh, not be about it. So leading by example is a huge piece.
1: Talking with Coleman Hawkins uh, here. And we do want to point out that this interview set up uh, by the Illini guardians, one of the leading NIL collectives in the country. Uh, If you're not familiar, the name image likeness that that allows student athletes uh, to to get some money um, and and it's something that, didn't happen, uh, you know, even just as recently as 18 months ago, a fairly new thing. And, uh, certainly we're thankful for all the things the guardians do, and you can go on their website and, and take part and get involved in this, uh, guardians.com. Uh, Coleman, I wanted to ask you kind of about that a little bit, um, and, and NIL and talk to us from a student perspective, a student athlete's perspective, uh, of the difference that has made for you and even, uh, some other student athletes uh, on campus or that, you know, around the country.
13: Yeah, I mean, it's a true blessing uh, to just be a part of, especially a fan base who's so passionate about their their players. Um, I think Illinois has, has done a great job of people trying to reach out and support us and help uh, us student athletes. Um, but from, from an athlete's perspective, with, with the Champaign community, you know, for me, you know, NIL is great, but even just getting involved in the community, if I, uh, like, I, I did a thing with the YMCA. Um, like different, different stuff around the community is always fun to do, you know, meeting new people. You know, I, I, every time I make a connection with NIL, they know somebody on the other side of town that I've worked with who, you know, might have talked to them about, you know, uh, how nice I was to them. So just getting, getting into the community and really building a relationship with people, you know, who can help me out uh, later on in life um you know it's not always about the money you know it's great to be feel supported and get supported by uh uh people in the community but it's also great to really build connections and and really just be out there in the community feel connected with everyone and because they you know they're so supportive uh it just means a lot to for all the support and just building those bonds with those people so
2: so you how much time does that take out of your i mean obviously you're in school you got basketball do you have you tried to maybe do most of your NIL stuff in the off season or does it really like wear
13: on you in season? Well, I think I think it's kind of like I if I could I would definitely uh, Luke, sorry, Luke's cooking. His fire alarm is going off. Um, <laughs> well, that sounds like Brad. Yeah, you so, guys
1: are student athletes. This is fantastic. <laughs> you're our college students. You're human.
13: <laughs> Luke's trying to cook. Uh, he's almost burnt the apartment down about three times now. So. But, uh, you know, uh, for, uh, whoa, wait, what were we talking about again? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs>
2: just about how the, how the NIL, oh, yeah. how, time commitment of NIL yeah. and stuff like that.
13: So, so. I think it would be great to do it in the off season, but I think people's focus is like elsewhere. I don't think they're really focused on the NIL stuff right now, but like, I, I think for me personally, I think the NIL stuff has picked up like closer into the season, but um, everybody I've worked with has been very flexible of my schedule. Uh, I usually try to do it on a day off, uh, try to get in or, you know, practices in the morning. Uh, so I might stop by around two o'clock in the afternoon, stop by, uh, any kind of workspace for about an hour, do something here or there. Um, but really, uh, each, each organization or company I've worked with has been super flexible, uh, of my schedule. So I'm super grateful for that. So it's not really a time consuming thing. It's, it's, uh, really flexible for me. So,
1: We're talking with Illini Center Coleman Hawkins. A quick timeout and then more with Coleman on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Slow down, they
4: say. You're getting older. Relax. Seriously, you're on a mission. You've got places to go. Grandkids to see. At OSF Healthcare, we want you to be the best you possible. Whoever you are. Wherever you're going. Whatever your mission is. We're here to support it. Because that's our mission. Your life our mission. Learn more at osfhealthcare.org slash your way.
1: Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows, or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom, or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today. 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000. HX Home Solutions. BigSportsRadio.com is a one-stop shop providing daily
3: updates of your favorite Big Ten teams. Register today for free and get a chance to win weekly cash prizes. Details at BigSportsRadio.com.
7: Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. 800-816-4492 816
8: 4492 That's 800-816-4492
7: If you're a diabetic, we have great news. You can end the painful finger sticks with a new CGM. Plus, they may be covered by Medicare, Medicaid, or private insurance. If you test and inject daily, you may qualify.
8: Call U.S. Med now to learn more. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. 800-390-5160. That's 800-390-5160.
7: Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it.
8: 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. 800-448-0828. That's 800-448-0828.
1: Glad you're still with us for this game changer segment presented by OSF Healthcare. Let's continue now with Illini big man Coleman Hawkins.
3: So you know when we we hear about that Luke, you know had an injury, had surgery. So question we'd like to know. We don't want a medical prognosis from you, but how's Luke doing? How's his spirits? And then how can you get any studying done if every time he cooks he sets off every alarm
13: in the place? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, we've been doing well. I just heard him on the, phone, uh, on the phone talking to his mom. You can hear everything in our apartment. The walls are super. So heard him <laughs> on the phone with his mom uh, Sandy. He, he's doing well. Uh, you know, he's asking her how, how to cook this. Sa- he's asking her how to cook salmon, broccoli, and rice. Um, what? But <laughs> he, he told his mom he's doing well. He told me he's feeling great. Uh, there's no pain. Uh, he's just been rehabbing and uh, doing all this stuff. Uh, But his spirits are well. Uh, He's coming into practice, you know, talking like he normally does. But, um, yeah, I mean, other than him almost burning my apartment down multiple times, uh, you know, it's good to have Luke back around because he did go home to Fort Wayne, uh, you know, and I I can see why, you know, he got his surgery in Indianapolis, but he went home. Um, But, no, it's good to have Luke here. Um, He's a good friend of mine, roommate, too. So, yeah, it's good to have Luke back.
1: Look forward to having him return uh, very soon you know i, I want to ask you a question and if you don't mind because we're all men here um, there was so much talk um, last spring about you know possibly you may look to to leave um, and you you decided to stay um, you know to to whatever degree you're comfortable talk us through that that process if you were considering going elsewhere and 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 why you did decide to, to stay and become a leader on this year's team
13: yeah, um, I think a lot of people took. Uh, there was a quote um, that was posted everywhere from uh, a media interview. I think a lot of people took it the wrong way. Um, and and as a as a as an athlete, you know, the transfer portal. As soon as that thing opens up, it's like that. You know, people are putting their names in. And my biggest thing was just seeing who we were going to bring in. You know, I I would never, I would never run from competition. Uh, if, if we brought in a guy in my position, you know, I will, I'm will. i open to play anywhere. You know, right now I'm playing the five. Um, Dane Deja is also a five. You know, I'm playing the five right now, but that doesn't mean I can't play the four, the three, the two. I can play whatever position. My biggest thing was just seeing who we were going to bring in. You know, if we're bringing in a, a fifth-year senior guy, uh, who, who's like me? Um, you know, they're not going to be a fifth-year senior guy to sit on the bench and wave a tally and watch me play. You know, you know they're they're going to be there playing. Um, I wanted to see what kind of roster we had. Um, you know, if it was going to be kind of like the same exact roster we had um, previous years, uh, the the play style, um, what what the roster and the play style was going to look like, um, and and ultimately that was my decision in my heart was stay with Illinois. It was, it was never, you know, I, you know, I'm out of here for sure. If that was the case, I would have been out of there right after the season. I just wanted to see where our, what our roster was going to be like and what kind of play style we're going to play with because the play style we play with now is what I was looking for. And I'm right here. You know, I, I wasn't worried about who they're going to bring in. You know, I wasn't worried about uh, anything like that. You know, if if I was scared of competition, I would transfer freshman year uh, because we brought back the exact same team, almost. Uh, you know, after my freshman year. So,
2: so uh, for, I see this team. I see their length, athleticism. I think they can be great defensively. I see this team on the offensive end. You've got so much versatility. You got guys who can shoot the ball. You can space the floor. You've got guys who can do different things. Are we going to be better on offense? Or are we going to be better on defense? Coleman, you're on the spot.
13: Um, I think we're going to have to be better on defense. Um, I think our offense will come. Uh I think we're we're definitely gonna have to be better on defense uh if we wanna be especially good in the Big Ten. Uh offense will definitely come, but uh I, I think if people just have a hard time scoring against us, especially big men, uh I, I think we're gonna be a lot of trouble. Um I think Ty could guard the ball well, Terrence could guard the ball well. I think I could guard the ball well, Matt. Uh, is great in passing lanes. Um, I, I think I think we'll we'll definitely be better on defense once we start clicking and and getting to scouting reports and really locking in on that detail, limiting mistakes. I think we're going to be very good off uh, defensively. So, so you you've talked about you know
3: maturity of leading the team. Um, what is it going to be like the first time you get one of those zany? Fouls that you don't touch anybody, um, but yet the guys pointing right at you are um, in practice. Does coach call just really weird fouls just to test you out and see if see how you're going to do under that pressure?
13: Yeah, in practice, you know, I I might cuss a manager out here and there, my guys, and call a foul, uh, but no, in the game, you know, I I can't predict what kind of moment I'm gonna be in. Um, I mean, obviously, if it's if it's a game changing call, you know, I might be upset, but I'm definitely going to have to try to control my emotions. Um, like I said, I can't predict, uh, you know, I might be too deep in the moment. Might let something slip out. But uh, and I'm just being real with you because uh, that's just the way I am. You know, I compete real hard and I, lo- I don't like to lose. I love to win. So, I, I you know, I can't I can't predict. But I'll definitely say I'm gonna try my best to try to control my emotions uh, and try to just show the guys to keep it cool and and if someone has a moment like that, just try to talk to them, calm them down, pull them aside, you know, stuff like that. Or uh, I've I've even had conversations with the ref at uh, in the ref at the Kansas game, and he told me I, I was one of his favorite players, and if if I just went up and talked to him sometimes, you know, I, it would be a lot easier for me to get calls and. And just have mature conversations with refs. So maybe you might see me in the middle of the game, you know, with the, having a nice, friendly, mature conversation. And I'll the next time down, but, you know, well, I, when when me, Sturdy
3: I, was in when Sturdy was in high school, what he would do, and I thought this was a genius move, is he would have a roll of twenties, and he would go talk to a ref, <laughs> offer him a twenty, and then walk away. And he got a ton of calls. <laughs> never, yeah, never fell out. Never fouled that one time.
13: If uh, if night like Guardians keeps helping me out, I might I might be. Able to... <laughs> and How you just tell really?
3: you tell Coach Underwood that that was Sturdy's idea. All right, that's right. I will. that's right.
1: Yeah, he he may not be so nice in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> just blame it on Sturdy. Yeah, um,
2: blame Sturdy. You know that's what they do here. That's what they do here. That's
1: right. All the time. Um, You know, Coleman, the one thing that we've talked to for quite a while now, and the one thing you haven't talked about um, is your own personal future. And, and again, I think that I'm just guessing that that may, again, speak to the maturity. Um, You know, you're getting some, there is some buzz about there about you at the next level. Um, It's always been there. Um, I I think that that scout and people who watch the game uh, respect and, and admire your uh, your versatility, but again, you've added to that, and and it appears become a more complete uh, player. Um, how gratifying is that for you to be in that position now that that you are being seen as one of the best players in the conference and perhaps even the country?
13: Yeah, it, it just excites me because um, just watching the draft last year, uh, I think it was twenty five or twenty six guys I've either played with or played against, whether it's on my team at a, at a camp against them in high school, college. Um, So it's just motivating. Uh, You know, that's always been a dream of mine to get to that next level. Um, And, and I, I just see it as like a a sign of respect. You know, I'm I'm getting a lot of respect. Um, You know, people respect my game and, you know, some people can see it and be like, Oh, he averaged this amount of points and this and that, but they don't, they don't, understand like the impact um in which i can bring to the table um you know whether it's it it doesn't show up on the stat sheet you know um and and i think a lot of the scouts are aware of that um a lot of people who really truly under understand the game are aware of that so i think it it just it just feels like i'm 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 more respected uh for the way i play so it, it, it means a lot to get that kind of notoriety be be out there and the media outlets to to talk about me but um, it just it it means a lot Uh, but I honestly I do try not to uh, you know let it get to my head as well so.
2: Is there an area that you you know when you look about playing at the next level or even just this season is there an area where you feel like this this offseason has been productive for you as far as making a transformation improving a skill whatever it is?
13: Um, I think my three-point shooting. Uh, I think I, I I've just gotten more comfortable. I think I've always been a three-point shooter. I just um, if you if you understood what what kind of I went through last year, you know, someone who goes from starting six minutes a game, whatever, you know, of course they're not going to shoot the ball well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the confidence isn't going to be there. But this year, I I think uh, shooting the ball. Um, I've been I've been shooting the ball well. Um, I've actually gained uh 15 pounds. Um I'm 230 now. the summer summer I was uh I was slacking in the summer. I, I went home, I was 220. came back, I was 215. You know, I was just playing basketball all day. Uh, but right now I'm 230. So getting my body right. Um, but this offseason, um I just everything physical. Um, and 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 you can never say, you know, you, your your game is finished. So any any part of my game I'm looking to expand it um, uh, get it better, polish it up. Uh, so truly, uh, if we're being real, I feel like I've, I've improved almost everywhere in, in my, in my game. So.
3: No, that's one thing that Brad and I've never experienced where we go somewhere and we come back at a lighter weight. So we've never had that happen to us. (laughs) Um, Question for you, the new facility, practice facility with the weight room, with the training room, you know, uh, the, all the, all the, the things that are there, what does that mean to you as a player on one of the premier teams in the country to have a practice facility that actually mirrors the reputation of the Illini?
13: Yeah, I, I, I think you hit it right there. I think we we very much deserved a, a brand new facility. Uh, I think it, it it's more of a homey feel as as well. Like uh, you know, you feel at home when you're there. You know, you don't want to leave. You know, I can go. Get a snack and just chill in the team lounge. You know we got a hundred TVs around the facility. I can go and and watch some football, some basketball. I can just go chill. Um, I can go get shots up. I can play video games. I can do this, that. Go get treatment. Like you, it, it just makes you feel at home. Um, you don't want to leave. You know you you don't want to go in your apartment and sit in your bed all day. Um, and then. A, from a recruiting uh, standpoint, you know, a recruit comes in and sees our facility. It's top-notch. You know, it, it means a lot as a recruit to see uh, you're getting recruited by a school who has a facility like that, and it makes you want to go there. Um, so, I, I, I think it means a lot. Um, and, and like you said, I, I, I think we're we've very much deserved uh, a brand new facility, and and it's only up from there too. So, I think there's going to be improvement all around. Not, not only for us, but for the university, especially if the football team keeps playing well. Uh, volleyball, everybody, golf, I think it's just going to bring the university up. So I'm excited for it.
1: The journey begins on Monday. Illinois hosting Eastern Illinois. 7 o'clock start uh, at uh, State Farm Center. And as Coleman just mentioned, so many great games coming up. The Illini will be tested, well tested in the non-conference slate And then, of course, here comes uh, the gamuts of uh, the Big Ten and the challenges that await there. Uh, Coleman, what an exciting time, as we talked before with uh, Coach Underwood. First time since 2006 that this team has been in the preseason, three consecutive years, preseason top 25. And that's a great testament to what all the players have done to your contributions to this program. And uh, we look forward to watching you uh, beginning on Monday night and throughout the season and to see you and the team progress and perhaps – uh, have a very special night on a Monday night in Houston, sometime in early April.
13: Yeah, thank you guys. I appreciate you guys, man. It, it means a lot for you guys to reach out, get this opportunity, speak out. You know, um, I, I'm just thankful for you guys. Thanks for all the support.
1: Absolutely. Hey, it's Coleman Hawkins uh, there again, junior forward, center as well for the Fighting I Again, number 23 in the nation, and um, what a what a fantastic uh, run this has been for Illinois basketball in recent years and then getting a chance to see uh, uh, some other programs follow suit as well. Lots of excitement right now in Champaign-Urbana.
0: This has been a presentation of LMBC Sports, LLC, and JM Talent Productions. We'll be back next week on the Illini Guys Radio Network on these same stations across Illinois.